Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. James chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, You have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. If you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So the Lord's half-brother James, or rather Jacob, more correctly, tells us very clearly in this chapter that we must not discriminate between rich and poor in the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, let me just read the first few verses. Verse 1, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. 
Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And so what James is saying here is that in the church of Jesus Christ, for example, in our own church, it would not be appropriate for me as a minister or for us as a church to show special favoritism to people that were the greatest donors or had the greatest potential to be donors. In other words, take us for an example. I intentionally never find out what anyone gives to the church. I never see the offerings. I never see the annual reports on who gave what. And I I do that for a special reason in, in agreement with this scripture. I don't want to know who's giving more than who else so that internally I don't have a preference in any regard for those who give more. Obviously, I can see who's wearing better clothes and those kind of things, but I don't want to lean more heavily in ministering to those that have resources or who have the wherewithal to bless the church than I do those that don't have any resources. The Lord has put me and other pastors in the position of representing Him. And the Lord is not moved by wealth. The Lord is not moved by power. The Lord is not moved by position. The Lord is moved for the hearts of men uniformly. He loves us all equally. And so the case of the widow's might, Jesus said the lady gave all that she has. But even though it was only two cents in terms of heaven, she gave everything. And so the Lord's standards are not the same as the standards men have for one another. We're not to discriminate between rich and poor in the church. We're not to have a rich section and a poor section. We're not to give rich people more authority, more power, more influence because of their wealth. These things should not happen in the church of Jesus Christ. But sadly, these things do happen, and we need to guard against them. This is what James is telling us. He goes on to mention something that is referred to as the royal law. In verse 8, he says, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, and then he says the royal law is, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. And so the royal law, or some have called this the golden uh, rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The royal law is love your neighbor as yourself, that you would express the same concern for those around you as you do for yourself. And uh, he's still speaking about favoritism in this uh, verse 8 and verse 9. In verse 9, he says, if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So this idea of showing favoritism should never be found in the church of Jesus Christ. We should never be preferring another person over someone else just because they have resources or don't have resources. And we demonstrate these things in the church, and the Lord is looking at all of us. And so whether you're in a church family, and church home or not, you as a believer are still held to the same standards, not to discriminate between the rich and poor in Christ. They're all your brothers and sisters in Christ. So uh, James goes on to tell us in verse 14 through 17, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them, he asks. And then he gives a little supposition. Suppose a brother and sister are without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but he does nothing about their physical needs, what is it? What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. 
And so James is saying we demonstrate our faith by what we do. In other words, what we believe gives rise to expression of those beliefs by actions. This example of someone not having food and not having clothes, it's all well and good to say, I'll pray for you, but you should put your faith in action to help become part of the Lord's solution to the problem. And um, uh, James gives the clear word of the Lord in this chapter, saying that we should demonstrate our faith by our actions that are in agreement with what we believe. Now, Martin Luther had a problem with this. Some of you may know this, that uh, Martin Luther actually questioned whether the book of James should be included in the canon of Scripture. And the reason he questioned it was Martin Luther had such a revelation of faith that the grace we receive um, in salvation is strictly a matter of being apprehended by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in the finished work of the cross, not according to uh, anything we've done to earn it. So Luther had a bit of a conflict, but I personally do not. Luther had a conflict between faith and action. I do not. James is not saying that you earn salvation by your actions. James is saying that you demonstrate what you believe by your actions. In other words, godly works are the proof of our faith in God. In verse 18, he writes, But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. In other words, my faith leads me to demonstrate what I believe by what I do. He goes on to give an example of Abraham. Verse 21, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did? when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. In other words, his faith in God led to this action of offering Isaac on the altar at the command of God. Verse 22, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. I like that expression. Our faith is made complete by what we do, how we demonstrate what we believe. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And so in the church of Jesus Christ, our good works should be proof of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelievers and others should be able to see how we live and how we demonstrate what we believe by the actions that we take. Faith without good works is dead, uh, James writes. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. In other words, it's meaningless. There's no evidence that you have faith if you don't have actions in keeping with what you say you believe. And so let me just tie a nice little ribbon on this chapter. We're not to discriminate between rich and poor. We're to demonstrate the love of God equally to both rich and poor without qualifying who has the most resources. We're to demonstrate the royal law of love, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And we're to demonstrate our faith by how we behave and what we do. We're to be examples of what we believe, not just um, demonstrating what we say we believe, not just speaking it, but living it. We're to live out the good works in Christ that the scriptures say we're to live. And so let me just pray into this for myself and for you. Lord, I just pray that all of us would be uh, living, walking demonstrations of what we believe in Christ, that each of us as believers would live in such a way that everyone around us acknowledges the love that we have for you 
by the faith we demonstrate with our deeds and our actions. May we be those who love our neighbors as ourselves. May we be continually demonstrating our love for our neighbors in various ways, and especially among unbelievers. May they see that we demonstrate our faith by the way that our actions indicate what we believe. Lord, we don't want to be hypocritical in any of this, and we ask for your grace now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.